Central Parish Radio's podcast presents Enforcing Jubilee Series. Listen and be empowered to enforce your perfect jubilee in Jesus' name. Amen. And crown him, crown him, crown him, crown him. Everlasting Father, the one who inhabits eternity, the immortal God, 
the only wise God, our Savior, the one who rules in heaven and rules in the kingdom of men. Great is his name, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Forever the same. Let's bless his name. How glorious thou art, O God. How wonderful you are, O God. The miracle-walking God, the healer, the deliverer, the redeemer. We bless you, Father. We adore you, Lord. We exalt you. We exalt you. We exalt you, Father. We exalt you. You alone are God. You alone are King. There's none else like you. None beside you. Father, Father, Almighty God, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Oh God, the beginning, the ending, the Alpha, the Omega, the first, the last. Oh God, who can be compared to you? Among the gods, who is like you? Who is glorious in holiness? Who is awesome in praise? There's none like you, oh God. There's none. None. All the nations are counted as nothing. Nothing before you. And they are counted as less than nothing. Less than nothing. Less than nothing. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name, Father. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. Hallelujah. We may be seated. I want to especially thank God for the privilege of being in Central Parish again. Uh, by the grace of God, I recalled that the first time I was in Central Parish was when we moved from Pastor Banuri's house and then myself and Pastor E.A. Odeyemi organized the crusade by which we launched the Central Parish at the Sheraton Hotel. So the first three Sundays at Sheraton Hotel, I was the guest pastor. And um, I remember the first Sunday, Pastor Banuri said we'll do communion. I told him my own kind of communion. I hope the people will come back. <laughs> because I told them, I said, that was the burden in my heart. I said, today's communion, if you know that you are living in sin and you are not ready to repent, don't touch it. Don't even touch. I mean, don't even touch. Not to talk of uh, putting in your mouth. 
Then I told them the story of the day that God told me to warn people like that and told them that anybody who was living a careless life that was not ready to repent, he should not touch that communion. And there were two boys who just came back from Germany, you know, and they were trying to pose. So when they shared the bread, one of them threw it into his mouth as if he's ground nut, you know. <laughs> and we were, were not more than 40, I mean, in our own uh, ministry. But he couldn't swallow the bread. The second one swallowed the bread. He said his body started shaking immediately. Then when they served the wine, the second one took the wine and put it under his chair. The first one told them that he wouldn't know there's no need. <laughs> he was doing like, you know, when chicken has cochidiosis, that was how he was stretching his neck. So after the meeting, the pastor who brought them uh, introduced them to me. He was still trying to stretch his neck. and So I said, what's the matter? He said, sir, the bread has refused to go down. <laughs> I asked the friend, what about you? He said he took the bread, but he didn't take the wine. I said, what's the, what was the problem? He said, if the bread was making his body to shake, then that the wine will now spread all over. That that one might. <laughs> I said, but did you hear the warning? Did you hear the warning? So that was the kind of communion I gave that day. I remember there were three white people who were there. They refused to touch the communion. The thing just passed. So by the time we finished, I told Pastor Banuri, I said, I'm sorry, I hope I'm not driven away all the people who came, we were like um, 25. So I hope I'm not driving them away. He said by the next Sunday, they doubled in Sheraton. That they went and told the story. They said the communion was hot. <laughs> you see, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So if you go and repeat the same thing in the power of the flesh, the next Sunday nobody will come. But if it's in the power of the spirit... They will tell their friends, come and see there is something God is doing. And then also, I kept coming every three months, and I told Pastor Vanuri, I will keep coming here until they hit 1,000. And as soon as they hit 999 in attendance, then I stopped coming. I started coming only once a year. So this is one of my favorite parishes in the Redeemed Christian Church of God. Amen. And I think part of it was because by God's grace, I think I was one of those that contributed to the salvation of Pastor Banu So I was like his colleague and yet his spiritual father. And then I remembered what I told him uh, when the church was picking up. And I said, Sir, don't try to be like me. You are a different person. You are a chairman. I'm not a chairman. I'm too radical, almost rascally, to be a chairman. I said, So don't try to do like me. Just be what God has made you. Be chairman. 
take the decisions together with the people. And I told him, I said, before, you, before one year, virtually every ambassador that is in this Abuja who is born again will start coming to your parish. Because that's how decisions, the kind of decisions they love. And by God's grace, that was what happened. So he became himself, his gentle manner, nice manner, peacemaker. Uh, some of us, if, if peace wants to scatter, let it scatter. <laughs> when we have done what we want to do, we, we can now start looking for peace. But uh, his own was different. You know, so I thank God so much for today. Um, I told us about this book yesterday. I took this meeting so seriously that I had to write the burdens in my heart. Even though if you read this book without attending the message or listening to the messages, you've got only half of it. But if you have this, you're adding to it. It's just 500 naira. So with 5,000 naira, you buy for 10 people. So that's what I recommend. Just buy for 10 people and then maybe you keep two. Make sure you have two. If you loan it to any of your friends, you're not likely to get it back. By the time he has read it for 30 minutes, he will want to read it again and again. I'm just advising you. <laughs> like I said yesterday, some people will say, ah, Omo Ibo. <laughs> well, they are correct. I'm Omo Ibo who grew up in Yoruba land. <laughs> In fact, the other day I told somebody, I said, I'm a quarter cast. He said, what does quarter cast mean? I said, half cast means one Oyibo, one black. But I'm quarter cast because I was born in Cameroon. So one quarter of half cast, that is. <laughs> so what we have handled so far, we said is Jubilee. And we're talking about enforcing Jubilee. How do we make sure Jubilee is experienced in our lives and in the lives of others? And we said the first W is works. And when we're talking about works, we're talking about our responsibility. That there are two things that help in the enforcement of Jubilee. The first thing is the sovereignty of God. In the sovereignty of God, God has paid the price. He gave his only begotten son, the one who made equality with God, something he didn't want to struggle with, who made himself of no reputation, who took the form of a man and then took the form of a servant and died like a criminal. And then God also raised him from the dead and then exalted him and gave him a name above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. So God has played his part in his sovereignty. He has paid the price. We can enjoy Jubilee. If there is any reason we are not enjoying the fullness of Jubilee, it is not the fault of God. It is not the fault of God. It's because there's something missing somewhere in our lives. There's a connect that we are not connecting effectively. So it's not the fault of God. He's paid all the price that is necessary. 
So our works is to bear our responsibility. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. And he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So diligence is a vital part of the Christian life. Diligence is a vital part. Uh, when we gave our lives to Christ, we were taught to be diligent, very diligent. I remember, by God's grace, the first year of my Christian life, 1971, I read through the Bible one and a half times. And the reason was because I just decided that I would read at least 10 chapters of the Bible every day. Some days I read 20 chapters. Some days 40 chapters. The days I had nothing to do, I read 60 chapters. One of the days, 80 chapters. So by the time it was seven months, I had finished the entire Bible. And I made sure I underlined something. Any chapter I went through and I didn't see what to underline, I went and started from the beginning. So because of that, I had to be somewhat slow to make sure I underlined something so I wouldn't go back to the beginning. So, and then prayers, they taught us to pray. I don't know, I, I had been wanting to experience it again, but, you know, God is God. Sometimes he feels the ice cream he gives us while we are babies that he wouldn't give us when we are maturing. In those days... The first, like, six months of my Christian life, any time I prayed for at least one hour in the night before sleeping, the Lord Jesus Christ would visit me. Every night, without exception. So any night, I was too tired. I used to be a sportsman, very, very effective sportsman. I played up to the national level. So any night, I was too tired, and I slept off, he won't visit me. <laughs> so I said, okay, the Lord wants me to be praying for at least one hour. You know, we're taught to be diligent. We have a role to play. So when we're talking about enforcing jubilee, you have a role to play. So the works. And then I begged us the first night on Friday, and I want to plead with us again. Please go through Ephesians chapter 1. Prayerfully, especially verses 14 to the end. I was just reading the books of Kenneth E. Hagin, and he said that he was just a mere teacher, and then one day the Holy Spirit led him to pray through Ephesians chapter 1. And he did that every day for six months. And then the prophetic dimension came into his life. So when that happened, he continued praying on Ephesians chapter 1. And that it made such a great difference in his ministry. Kenneth Hagin didn't travel out. He was invited to Nigeria many times. He said he's not coming. That God told him to stay in, I think, Tulsa, Oklahoma. So, and they said the least of the people who attended these conferences the last eight years were 17,000. And it was such a big thing in those days. Our daddy, that the Adeboye, attended several times. Many of the top leading ministers of the gospel in Nigeria attended his, his meetings. Ephesians chapter 1 made a big difference. When I read it, I decided to also do 
Because if I see something good somebody else is doing, I try to do it. That's why I plead with you. Pray over it every day for at least 21 days. When I did my own for six weeks, one day God asked me a question. He called me by my middle name and said, in how many ways do you know my will? I started thinking, one, two, three, four, five. I said, well, about 22 ways. He said, okay. Go and find out other ways that people might know my will. So by the time I did that, did all my research, I found out about 50 different ways. And then I wrote a book, 50 Ways of Hearing from God. So my mentor, Daddy Adeboye, said 50 ways. By the time they have read 24, they've forgotten the first 10. So I now decided to summarize it into seven principles. But the seven principles contain the 50 ways. It's by reading that Ephesians chapter 1 and the summary of the seven ways or the seven principles. Number one, you can know his will from scriptures. That's God's constitution. Then if I touch my forehead, you can know God's will by the renewed mind. If I touch my eyes, you can know God's will by visions and dreams. If I touch my nose, you can know God's will by signals, spiritual signals. You may call them perceptions. If I touch my mouth, you can know God's will by prophetic manifestations, prophetic utterances. If I touch my ears, you can know God's will by the audible voice. Then my hand that is touching everything, you can know God's will by circumstances, which include the talent he gives you, uh, your training, the, the situations he exposes you to, and so on. They cannot guide so that you can know what you were created for. So, Ephesians 1, 14 to the end. If you can, if you start from the beginning, then when you get to verse 3, you will see that he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then, yesterday we talked about warfare. www.jubilee jubilee warfare and that our point of anger that has led us to the declaration of the total war is that the thief came and stole our inheritance you know when we were children if you insulted us no problem but if you insulted our mother or our father then fights will come out for the devil to come and steal the inheritance that our father has given to us is an insult on us and an insult on our father. So we have to fight. And I told us that war is not the same thing as battle. And for each of these things, because I'm not as intelligent as many of you, I bring them down to formulae so that I can remember the formula and know what to do. That that a battle is just one fight, maybe a mono operation, one style, then you knock it off in that particular place. But war is comprehensive, very comprehensive. There are too many things to consider. And I told you a little story of how I was a soldier at the age of 16. 
and retired at the age of 18. And one general told me that that's the reason I was not pensionable. <laughs> but the, the two years were quite tough. I went to the war front uh, in the defunct Biafran army. So I can differentiate between a battle, those days we used to call them operations, and then a war. So the formula for war is A, B, C, D. Spiritual warfare, A, B, C, D. Who remembers the formula for battle? Bicep, thank you. I said it the first day I came that you are very intelligent. Can you see how you are getting the answer? So war, A, B, C, D. The awareness is important. Even in physical warfare, spiritual warfare, the awareness is important. Then the build up, you build up, you mobilize and make sure you are strong enough before you make the full declaration. And then the C and D, the command and the delivery. Offense, effective offense is the best method for defense. And make sure you deliver the results when it comes to war. So that the first two, the awareness and the build-up are very important when you're talking about warfare. And then when it comes to a battle, a fight, something you want, you just want a miracle on the spot. Use bicep. You remember the demonstration? Your muzzle. Say, I'm a superman. So you use your bicep. So the first one, when we are talking of bicep, is boldness. When you confront a situation, remember that God is greater than any other God and any other situation. Our God is infinitely great. And so we have to be bold because of what he has given to us. Then the eye is imagination. You imagine the result. Don't imagine the situation. Imagine the result. If it's sickness, imagine what the person will be doing in health. If it's a dead person you're praying for, imagine as he wakes up, Lazarus, come forth! And that's the third one, the command. When you are fighting the devil, you don't negotiate. You don't say, well, Satan, come, let's sit down. Ah, oh boy, I they do like this now. What you're doing is not good. Let's look at the possibilities of considering how to make peace. You know, all this is our battle every day. Let's make peace. I know that you are not as bad as people say you are, but uh, please, let's not fight again. What is the equation, the only equation that the devil understands? Who knows it? It's one word. Violence. Violence. The devil doesn't understand negotiations. In his own case, we are born into the war. We are born into that war. There's no negotiation. Even if he wants to negotiate, we will not agree. It's too late. The only thing that can solve it, let him walk straight into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Then we can leave him. As long as he's here, it's battle, 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 because we are in a war. So bicep, command. E, as you command, you expect what you have commanded and begin to practicalize. And then the S, if you want to add S, there are sustainers. 
of the results to make the results sustainable. Like the Lord Jesus Christ said, get up, carry your mat and go. Go and sin no more. So that is a sustainer. Go and sin no more. And when he says, woman, thy faith has made thee whole. He's saying, put your focus on your faith. That is also how you will sustain it. So when God gives you that miracle, you add a sustainer. So we have um, allowed those who were not here for the two days to enjoy what we have done. So now to today's topic. Um, who remembers what we are supposed to do today? Worship. Wonderful. Mm. Worship. Worship. I'm wondering the, the first thing I should say. The first time that I heard about worship and what it could do, praise and worship. So my parents traveled. It was either late 1971 or early 1972. So they traveled. I was the only one in the whole house. So I said, they taught us about worship. They said, when you worship, God takes over. That worship is superior to works and to warfare. When you are operating by works, you are operating by your merit. When you are doing worship, you are depending on mercy. And mercy supersedes merit. Is it not true? Merit is limited. But mercy is infinite. Because it depends on God. Then when you are doing warfare, you are asking for help. Lord, help me. To fight the devil, bind the bindables, cast the castables. Lord, help me. But when you are doing worship, you're saying, Lord, take over. Lord, just take over. Can somebody say, Lord, take over? Please draw it so that you can feel it well. Lord, take over. Amen. So when they taught us, I remember it was one assemblies of God church where I gave my life to Christ. I went for a meeting and that man taught us that they just talked about praise and worship and how much it could do. He gave us examples of Paul and Silas that as they praised God, as they worshiped God, an earthquake came that when a great angel lands on the earth, the whole earth begins to shake and then their, their, their fetters were loosened and so on. And, and then he talked about Jehoshaphat. I still remember the message. So I got excited. So when I got home, I made sure all the doors were locked. So I started praising God from 9 p.m. And I knew that if I, if I did that for one hour, the Lord would visit me. I, it used to be such a delight. But nowadays, even if I do 10 hours, I don't normally see him like I used to see him in those days. But maybe because he feels I'm mature enough and that it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter whether the Lord comes physically or not. I always know when he is manifesting his presence. He's always inside me. That I'm talking about the manifestation. So that night, I went 9 to 10, 10 to 11, 11 to 12. And when he just passed 12, as I was worshiping him and praising him, I saw somebody standing in front of me. He wasn't really a white man, no. He looked more like, um, 
these Lebanese, they are not pure white and they are not really so black. And it's because of his hair that I said so. There are some Nigerians who are as light complexioned as that man that I saw. He just stood in front of me with a smile. I said, I thought I was doing this prayer alone. All the doors are locked. How come? I looked back and saw that I was near my bed. I just dived, dived into my bed, covered myself with my blanket, and then put myself together. So I don't know where this man will touch me. <laughs> so as I stayed, stayed, after like 10 minutes or so, I didn't hear any sound. So I opened the blanket a bit and peeped, and the man was gone. I said, that's the end of the prayer. <laughs> so that was the first time I saw an angel physically. <sighs> and that taught me that worship, when you worship God, God takes over. And then there's something I want to apply to this, our jubilee worship. How worship can enforce jubilee. It is when it has fire. Fire. I remember one brother who used to be on TV. When he wants to call fire, he would say it's fire, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when we add fire to it, huh, uh, that worship releases the divine presence. God intervenes. You know, and when you look at scriptures, peak worship had a way of... Um, had something to do with fire. A number of times it was a sacrifice that was made, usually sacrificed by fire. And a number of times when you offer that kind of fire to God, sweet-smelling savour, the Lord himself answers by fire. So it made me think of how I could apply fire to the kind of praise, worship, that can enforce our jubilee. And I'm going to use that fire. And this fire, the four perspectives, the F stands for focus, that the kind of worship that makes God take over, the kind of worship that enforces your, your jubilee has to have focus, focus on God. And focus comes mainly by consecration and concentration, those two consecration, surrender to God, and concentration, paying attention to God until God himself also pays attention to you. So focus. Then, if you want your worship to really have fire enough to change situations and change people and work miracles, then it has to have inspiration. You have to be inspired. Because that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And that which is born of the spirit comes by inspiration. So this fire has to have inspiration. If you combine those first two, focus and inspiration, then God responds to you and you respond to God. When God responds to you, you respond to God. And as you respond to God, you will discover that you do exploits. 
exploits will begin to happen. So you receive the exploits into your life. God will do them. And today, as we worship God, I know that by his grace and by his mercy, God Almighty, who inspires us, will visit us in Jesus' name. And he will grant us exploits. In any area of your life that you desire, maybe in your ministry, it may be in your family life, it may be in your medical life, it may be in your finances, your business, whatever. God cares about all perspectives of our lives. Your protection, your promotion, your preservation. God is God. He's the almighty God. There is nothing that is difficult for him. Nothing at all that is impossible with him. In fact, when I woke up this morning, I was singing one of my songs that I wrote. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing at all. Nothing is too hard for God. So I was just singing it and enjoying myself. Enjoying myself. When I was having my bath, I was just... Because I was also focusing on what we are going to do this morning. That nothing is too hard for God. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. He said, I'm the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for our God? Is there anything too hard for God? We'll worship him and we'll let him take over. There's nothing in your life that is too hard for God. Let God take over. Let God take over. And if you want God to take over, you worship him. The Bible tells us that God is searching for those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Inspiration has to be there if the worship is in spirit. In spirit and in truth. Effectively focused, inspired, and then responding to God and receiving the exploits that come from God. Like Jehoshaphat, you know, they just praised God, they glorified him, and the enemies started to destroy themselves. And by the time they finished destroying themselves, Jehoshaphat and company just went for their exploits. They said they took, I think, three days to gather the spoil. That's real exploits. The Lord grant you exploits in Jesus' name. The Lord inspire you to worship him in Jesus' name. He's the almighty God. So we bless him, we exalt him, we magnify him. So I will look at maybe four of the verses of our Ephesians chapter 1 to explain this fire, F-I-R-E, focus, inspiration, response, and exploits. This same, this is my iPad likes playing tricks on me. Once I touch it, it will go somewhere else. So it's chapter 4. <laughs> so I will start from verse 19. I can preach without it, but if, without it I will speak longer. But when I look at the outline, it's easier for me. It's down, down. Make it to read the end and you now start going back. It's down, down. I'm sorry for the break in transmission. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. So focus, verse 19. Verse 19, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness 
of his power to us world who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Just look at it. Look at the key word there. Power, 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 power. Exceeding greatness of his power to us world according to the working of his power. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, we learn that, you see, the glory that you behold of God is what you are changed into. When you behold the glory of God's holiness, you are changed into the same image from glory to glory. When I want to do warfare, for instance, like yesterday, the prayer that I prayed before I came, my worship session I kept focusing on God's might, God's power, God's might, God's power. This morning, my focus was on God's greatness because his power is only one perspective. God's greatness, God's glory. His glory is a combination of all the perspectives that you could ever think of. So when you focus on God's power, you are changed into the same image from glory to glory. So we want to worship God. We want to focus on him. And today we focus on his power. It's his power that enforces jubilee. So we start by focusing on his power. He says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? And this is power is toward us. Exceeding greatness. You know, when, when God combines two words that resemble, it's not because God doesn't know what he's saying. I call them divine tautology. And when there is divine tautology, it's not because God doesn't know what he's saying. It's because we may not understand the extent to which God is doing this thing. So God keeps repeating so that if one does not enter, the other one will enter. That's why he said that God is able to do. <coughs> Complete it now. Exceeding. Abundantly. Above. And then in case there's anything omitted. He now added what? All. Oh, you forgot that one. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above in case anything then oh then he now stretches it for them that you ask for that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all your prayers as you see me here God has not even answered all my prayers that means the extent of what I can enjoy from God, I'm not, I'm just at the tip of the iceberg. He says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all my prayers. This is the same thing for you. And also above all my imagination. Exceeding abundantly above all you ask for and all you think. Your imagination. You see, brethren, there are certain things that we imagine that we don't have the courage to ask for them. We feel, ah, this one is too big. Can it happen? 
Can it happen? Do you know that it's possible for a Nigerian, you sit here now, in spite of all the constitution of the United States of America, you start imagining that you became the president of the United States of America. You know, is it not possible to imagine that? Constitutionally, is it possible to be realized? No. Unless you go to America, give birth to a child, then that your son can become a president of America. But with God, is it possible for, in fact, as I'm sitting here, that by, by the next election, they say Charles Achawa is the new president of the United States of America. Is it possible? Ah. Did I say with myself? I didn't say with myself. We are saying with God. Why are you adding with God as if you are afraid? <laughs> eh? They are saying with God, with God. Are we saying with Charles John? When you are saying with God like that, with God, with God, it means you are saying, hmm, ah, Luale Shio Shugo. This thing can be done, no, it's just that uh, <laughs> you're building castles in the air. We are talking about God. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask and all that we think of. That's why in this verse, he says, that the, his power towards us is exceeding great. And now because we are talking about worship, we are not focusing on that power working in us and therefore being released through us in warfare. No! That's not what we are talking about. We are saying that God who releases power in an exceeding great manner to us is really exceedingly, abundantly, above all our imagination, greater than whatever power he releases to us. Our God is powerful. The Bible says, power belongs to the Lord. Power belongs to the Lord. Every other power is delegated power. Every other power is delegated power. The ultimate and only owner of power is who? The Lord God Almighty. And part of this power he has released towards us is exceeding great. And yet it's not all his power. It's not all his power. The power of God is so great. Do you remember any song, any of our choruses that talks about the power of God? Please sing it aloud. Let's hear. Do Hold on, you are mine. Which other one? Which other one? Just. Uh -huh. Yes, which other one? What a mighty God we serve. Yes, which other one? The power of God. I'm not hearing you well. On the power of God. Oh. Super power. Wonderful. One more, one more. The power of God. Any other one? Thank you very much. All power belongs to God. 
Oh, power below. There is power, power, wonder walking power. <laughs> Hallelujah. Our God is mighty, He's glorious in power. He's the wonder walking God. He rules in heaven and in the kingdom of men. Anytime kings want to pose as if they are great, God showed them that the power was delegated. When Nebuchadnezzar was warned and then he still came up, I built this, I, you know, when you are watching football sometimes, some people will score, when they score a goal, they will bring out their small chest and start beating it. As if they are King, King Kong, King Kong, beating it. I, I, I did it. Whereas the next time they may just hit their legs, they will be on the bench. Nebuchadnezzar tried it. God said, okay, I will use you as an example. Just, just walk out of your palace and go into the bush. Start eating grass. Remain there. He remained there until his hair grew. His nails grew. He became like an eagle. And God, to show that he is God, retained the kingdom for him. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Our God is powerful. He's powerful. He brought him back and made him greater. Because when Nebuchadnezzar came back, he said, ah, there is no one like God. Oh, God is the almighty. Let everybody worship God. When Herod killed James, God did as if he didn't know. Kept quiet. Herod went further, captured uh, 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 Peter to try to kill him. God rescued Peter. And Herod killed all the guards that were there. God did as if he didn't know what was happening. Then the day that Herod came, wore his best attire, royal attire. And then he began his speech. Ladies and gentlemen, lend me your ears. And uh, by the time he started talking, he said, this is not the voice of a man. This is the voice of God. This, ah, God said, oh, as you reach this level, only one angel, one stroke, and worms ate him up. Inside his royal apparel, in the presence of all those people who said he was a God, they ate him up. God showed that he is God. God alone is God. That is why we must humble ourselves that God might exalt us. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Our God is the almighty God. Uh, this thing, I don't know what I did to this thing today. That it is trying to dribble me. It has divided into three. <laughs> Thank you, sir. It's like you know, it's like you know this thing well. <laughs> it's just that the thing went to awareness, which is warfare. So I have to scroll it to this chapter again. Why I'm going back, I would have preached without it, but I want to read you the passage. So that you can understand it very well. It was because they upgraded this iPad. So if you touch a place for long, anywhere you are, if you just touch it, it will go to that place you touched for long. 
So I'm not used to the upgrade. I don't know how to downgrade it to back to my level. <laughs> I upgraded it and the thing is now giving me headache with the upgrade. Okay, I can, I can do without it. Let me put it for you. So, that's F is for focus. And I took it from verse 19. Then, I is inspiration. What inspires you to worship God? Who inspires you? I will go to verse 20. Verse 20 tells us that the power that is at work in us is the power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. Thank you, sir. The power he used to raise Jesus from the dead. For God to raise Jesus from the dead, the devil would have done all that was possible in the whole universe to prevent it. But God still raised him from the dead. Do you know the most exciting revelation I got two years ago as I was studying my Bible? The most exciting revelation I got was that when God will capture the devil to put him inside prison for 1,000 years, he will send how many angels? One. Hey. The day it dawned on me, eh? I, I, I hit my head. One angel. If you have a top politician, for instance, in Nigeria, and they want to go and arrest him, will they send just one policeman? No. Only one angel. Read Revelation 20. One angel will capture the devil. And imagine he captured him in his neck. He started stretching. He said, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. One angel captured him and tied him with a great chain. The Bible does not describe the angel as a great angel. He said, an angel. Angel in charge of the bottomless pit. But describe the chain as a great chain. One angel. Ah, the devil is not as powerful as he looks. So. Isaiah 14 will tell you that people will look at him by the time he's descending into hell. Oh boy, now you wake us all the commotion for us. So you are weak like us like this. Only God has the power. And our inspiration is Jesus Christ. Both what Jesus has done for us and what God did in Jesus Christ. That's our inspiration to worship God. Jesus is our access in worship. And Jesus is our success as we worship God. Jesus is the one. He's our inspiration. Anytime you want to worship God, think about Jesus. In his name, you have access to God. By his blood, you overcome the dragon, Satan, devil, the old serpent. The four chief names of Satan by the blood. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So let's think about Jesus. Let him be our inspiration. Jesus Christ, all that God has done for Jesus. Let's worship God for what he did in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. For in that name we have the victory that comes from the almighty God. Can somebody shout Jesus? Jesus. 
Can we shout that name again? Jesus. One more time. Can we shout Jesus. So he is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is nothing that is too hard for him. So what of our response? Response. If you go to 21, verse 21 of Ephesians 1, you find out that God has raised him far above all principality, all dominion, all names, all power, all might. God raised Jesus far above all those things. And how do we respond to that? The Bible says we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Meaning that positionally, positionally, we are already in our jubilee. So, possessionally, possessionally, in reality, we have to activate it by responding to God as we worship him. As we worship God, that's why I keep saying that the church is the most potent force on earth. The church is the most potent force. The church is more powerful than any force, any principality, any power. But the corporate church needs to be united because that's where God commands the blessing. And that's why the devil works so hard to make sure we are divided. May the Lord Almighty bring our hearts together in the name of Jesus Christ. So we respond by knowing what God has done for us. We are seated in the heavenly places. What God says we should do about principalities and powers we do. We give honor to whom honor is due. He says, fear God, honor the king. We honor the king. Whatever God says we should do about governments, we do. Be obedient citizens. But we fear only God. Only God. The worst that any man could ever do is to kill the body. They can't go beyond that. Jesus said you should fear only the person who can kill the body and also kill the soul. And send the soul into where Satan is going. The lake of fire and brimstone. In the lake of fire and brimstone, Satan will be there. Death will be there. Hell will be there. You don't want to make those people your, your co-tenants. To live in the same place with Satan. Live in the same place with death. And live in the same place with hell. You don't want them to be your co-tenants. God is the only one who can send somebody there. But when we understand the way God operates, even in our nation, once we are united, God said, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn, turn from their wicked ways, that turning, I don't know, it's as if it's usually our problem, our challenge. If they turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. When God forgives our sins, 
is no longer by merit. It is now by mercy. Can somebody say, Lord, have mercy on us? Can we say it with a united heart? Lord, have mercy on us. Can we say it again? Lord, have mercy on us. For the sake of your church, Lord, have mercy on us. For the sake of your church, Father, heal our land. Heal our land. Heal our land in the name of Jesus Christ. The church, the united church is the most potent force on earth. So we respond to God, humbling ourselves, seeking his face, turning from our wicked ways so that God will hear from heaven. Because the goodness of God works repentance. So as we worship God, God who has raised Jesus far above all principalities and powers and might and rule and every name that is named not just on this earth, but even in the world to come. As we worship God, who is so great, let's remember that we respond to him by knowing that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. And the last one, exploits. If you go to the last verse there, he says that God has made the Lord Jesus Christ head over the body and has put all things under his feet. Now, anything under my feet, is that thing not under my body? Is it not under my body? Is this floor not under my body? It's under my body. And Jesus has been made head of the church. And therefore, he's the one that feels all in all. At the end, it's the church that feels all in all. The, the, the Bible was saying, look, you Christians... You saints of God, you have something against each other, you go to court. Don't you know that we will judge angels? Have you ever thought of that? That we will judge angels. So I will sit down, they will bring the first angel. Yes, what is your name? And he will say his name. So, yes, so, so and so dates. You were told to do this. I don't know how it will be, I'm just imagining. You know, imagination is a very good thing. Especially when you imagine the positive. God said we will judge angels. God is so great that he has put so much into the hands of the church. So we are going to worship him. We are going to adore him. I would like you to worship God. Yeah, there's something that has occurred to me that I need to suggest to us. When I discovered the efficacy of worship, that is even superior to warfare, I now made my worship time more than any other aspect in my prayer life. Some mornings, I just start and I start worshiping God. I don't know whether I even asked God for anything this morning. I don't remember. All I remember was the worship, the adoration. Last night, I prayed about this meeting around midnight. But when I woke up this morning, it was just worship. And then I was just singing down my song. Nothing is too hard for God. For God, nothing at all. Nothing is too hard for God. So I was just singing it. 
Anytime I do what we call contact 10, which is how to pray for 10 hours non-stop in a day. About 7 hours is normally for worship. And that worship is not just singing. I hardly sing much when I worship, just occasionally, depending on the inspiration. I tell God what he says about himself from his word. I want to encourage you to increase your worship time. I know we are usually more excited when it is warfare. Every enemy on my road, then the ground open, swallow. And any tree that has been planted against me, tibongo, tibongo. You know, I know it sounds, I don't know how to describe the sound, but it, if, uh, it sounds more spectacular. <laughs> but let's worship God. Let's adore him. Let's exalt him so that God will take over. And as we worship God now, focusing on his power, on his might, on his mercy towards us, whatever your situation, expect God to take over. God is taking over. God is taking over. I say God is taking over. Let's rise and worship him. Let's bless him. Let's exalt the Lord our God. Let's exalt him. He is Lord. He is God. He is King. There is none like unto the Lord our God. He lives forever and ever and ever. The same yesterday, today and forever. There is none like unto our God. Let's bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. There is none like unto our God. There is none like unto our God. There is none like unto our God. God is able. God is able. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Our God is able. Our God is able. What a mighty God we serve. Glorious in holiness. Awesome in praise. Everlasting Father. Let's bless him. Let's adore him. Let's exalt him. He's the all-powerful God. We bless you, Father. We bless you, Father. We magnify you. Thank you, Jesus. You are great. The keyboardists, just play. Don't play a song we know. Just play around the keyboard. So feel free to sing any worship song, especially related to the power of God. Just sing your own. Sing your own. Sing it to the Lord. I'm expecting the Lord. Nothing is too hard for God. I'm expecting a great miracle in your life this morning. As you worship God. As you adore Him. As you praise His name. None is like the Lord our God. Bless Him. Bless Him. He is Lord. He is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is risen from the dead and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Glory be to God. Let's worship Him. Let's adore Him. He is Lord forever. He is God forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, glorious God. Heavenly Father, we bless your name. 
Go ahead, just worship God. Worship God. If you are not yet born again, worship God and tell him I surrender. Lord, I surrender my life to you. Oh God, I surrender my life to you. Father, I surrender my life to you. Give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless him. Bless him. Don't sing a song that we know. Don't sing a song that we know. Keep on this. Just play your own. So we can feel free. Wherever you are, just sing your own song. To the Lord our God. To the Lord our King. Bless him. Exalt him. Forever he is Lord. Forever he is God. Oh yes. Blessed be your name. Our healer. Our provider. Our protector. Oh God. Oh God. Blessed be your name, Father. Blessed be your name. Father, take over. Take over as we worship you. Take over as we adore you. Take over as we exalt you. Take over as we magnify you. Take over, oh God. Who is like unto the Lord our God? Who is like unto the Lord our God? Among the gods, who is like you? We bless you. Father, we bless you. Lord, we bless you. Oh God, we bless you. Just worship God. Worship him as if it will never end. Worship the Lord as if it will never end. Worship him as if it will never end. Go ahead. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. The Lord God Almighty. The Lord mighty in battle. The Lord of hosts. Glorious King. Everlasting Father. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name forever. Blessed be your name forever. Blessed be your name forever. Creator of heaven and earth. Blessed be your name forever. The one who divided the Red Sea, divided the Jordan. Blessed be your name forever. The wall of Jericho is nothing before you. Blessed be your name forever. Oh God, we bless you. Father, we exalt you. Father, we magnify you. Take over, Lord. Thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. Thine is the glory. Forever and ever, we bless you. Father, we bless you. Lord, we bless you. God, we bless you. King of kings. Lord of lords. God of gods. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How wonderful you are. How glorious you are. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Oh, hallelujah. Go ahead, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord as if it will never end. Bless him. Exalt him. Give him glory. Give him honor. Just bless him. Just bless him. 
hope you were blessed by this podcast. You can send feedback and inquiries to centralparishradio at gmail.com. Do subscribe to receive notification of new episodes. Thank you.